Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grill Nation show. Thank you for joining us on live stream or via podcast. My name is Jason Grill. I'm your host. Appreciate you joining us again this week. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation today with a very intriguing guest. But before we get to our guest, I want to bring on Jeff Phillips, who is uh, the senior vice president at Landmark National Bank. The website is banklandmark.com. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for uh, thanks for hosting me again. Yeah, it's great to see you, sir. I know you're a, a busy man. Um, before we get to our guest, I want to obviously touch on some really exciting things that are happening uh, within the bank. Uh, let's talk about that first. I, I know there's been a recent acquisition, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're really excited. This has been in the works for quite a while, and we uh, made it official, I think, uh, on midnight on uh, Friday night. Um, but we uh, were happy to welcome the team from Freedom Bank, um, which is uh, a great um, business-centric bank in uh, South Johnson County, primarily. Um, but we are um, kind of working together now. And that's fun because, you know, they bring great ideas to the table and we feel like we have some good ideas. But one thing that we have in common is uh, really kind of having a, a laser focus in on owner operators. So folks that are in their business, running their business. Mm -hmm. And that kind of presents a unique set of um, needs and them having experience with that and us having experience with that, we can really kind of lean on each other for what has worked well and, and how we've been able to um, help uh, friends and customers over the years. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about what it means. It's introducing us to some new folks, honestly, that we didn't know um, in the, in the marketplace with, uh, great businesses. I mean, there's a lot of great businesses in Kansas City. And while I would like to pretend like I know all of them, I don't. Um, <laughs> but so we're, we're meeting a lot of uh, new folks. And uh, but, you know, we, we talked about it before, Jason, you know, we really try to hold out values as being our driving force about uh, people that want to do business with us or be part of our team kind of have these same shared values. And I can easily say that the, this crew uh, shares those same values. How long of a process was that, Jeff? Yeah, it's a there's a there's a whole um, kind of industry around uh, banks being purchased and uh, sold, and you know there's financial information and there's uh, there's certain amounts that are traded at certain times, and uh, you know always those have to be done and confidentially and and all of that. So it can take a, a very long time or, or not a very long time. But then also, you know, kind of once you agree to uh, terms with somebody and this isn't specific to ours, this is just kind of in general. And um, once you agree to terms with somebody, then, of course, we're a highly regulated industry. So you have to get approval, you know, on, on that front, too, from regulators. And so there's a there's a lot of process around it. And I won't even pretend to um, act like I know about all the computer pieces that go into it, too, about making sure that, you know, their their accounts talk to our accounts and all those type of things. But it's quite a process. So it can be a, a short amount of time or a long time. But this yeah. one, I felt like went pretty smooth. That's great to hear. Um, let's talk about some hot topics. What is going on with the economy right now, Jeff? I know you wanted to update us on that as well. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I would I am a uh, I'm a viewer of the economy just like anybody else where I see what happens in the stock market or I'm reading the Wall Street Journal and you know, you kind of have these uh, these global things or these macroeconomics that you read about. But then also there's the, the micro of what we're seeing here in Kansas City. And so really probably what I can speak to most directly is about what we're seeing in Kansas City. And 
Um, you know, there are some challenges in front of business owners. There are still um, a lot of uh, needs uh, on the labor side. There's still cost fluctuations that make it a little hard to forecast. Um, but to be real honest with you, I feel like every conversation we're having is around uh, smart business people saying, OK, if this is the reality that I'm dealing with, here's what I need to do. Um, for my uh, business to do well and for my team to grow and for us to feel like we are uh, actually accomplishing something and achieving a purpose. Um, so I feel like good business owners um, are kind of always thinking that way. So so having kind of these new variables introduced is not um, really knocking them off their game. It's just kind of heightening uh, their focus in on what levers they need to pull within their business to make it successful. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, occasionally I feel like we're, we, you, me, uh, John, we all have to kind of lean on each other because we'll occasionally we'll have down days, right. Where you just, man, it's hard or, yeah. you know, I, I got not good news today with this one customer or with this, I got, you know, a resignation or whatever. And I think we just kind of have to lean on each other to say, yeah, that stinks. And I'm sorry that that happened, but kind of, you know, help each other through those to, to talk about what all the good things are, because I think those greatly outweigh uh, kind of the challenges we're facing right now. It, it, well said. Jeff Phillips with us, Senior Vice President of Landmark National Bank. Um, Jeff, who are we going to have on the show today? Yeah, so I'm excited for today. We're going to have John Galloway. Uh, he's the, uh, the founder and leader of 40 North, which is a internationally um, recognized and super successful landscaping design group. Um, it's kind of funny. Kansas City is one of those cities where you can have people that may be more well-known outside of Kansas City than they are in Kansas City. So John has a great uh, group of friends and has worked on great projects in town. But I think he will probably tell us that um, he probably has more exposure nationally and internationally than he does in Kansas City. Um, we got introduced to each other through some mutual acquaintances. Uh, his uh, family as well and of his. Um, and we just really kind of struck up a, a quick friendship. He's from rural Kansas. I'm from rural Oklahoma. Uh, we're both readers. Uh, family is super important to John. Um, and uh, yeah, I can remember walking down to his office uh, at the Livestock Exchange uh, building in the historic West Bottoms the first time and immediately uh, liked him, which is probably what has happened with every single person that has met John along the way. So I'm excited to hear uh, from him today about what's going on in his business, uh, kind of some of the, um, the opportunities that he's taken as a business leader. And it'll be great. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to talk to John. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of books in his background, too. So, um, <laughs> he's a reader. <clears throat> he is a reader. Um, before I get to John, I just want to let everyone know they can connect with me on social media. On Twitter, at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Also, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, at Jason Grill. Thank you for connecting with me, as always. And you can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher, as well as on YouTube, where uh, there's full-length videos of every one of our shows. Appreciate everyone listening today. And let's now bring on um, John Galloway from... 40northdesign.com. The company is named 40 North. Uh, the website again is 40northdesign.com. John, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you, Jason? Thanks for having me on. I, uh, Jeff, that was an intro. I need to hire you, my guy. That was really great. I really love <laughs> John, um, before we get to your company, let's hear about you. Tell us about your background and your journey, kind of, um, 
and, and tell us as long as you want to go on this, it'd be great. But how, how did you get to where you are from today? Jeff said you're from rural Kansas. Let's talk about kind of your background growing up in this area and kind of uh, where you're at now. An open live mic and somebody asked me to tell them a story is dangerous. Uh, well, I, I guess I would start by saying I'm a Kansan first and foremost. Uh, I, as, as Jeff said, you know, I come from Western Kansas. I grew up in Trigo County, Kansas. Uh, Waukini, Kansas is the town. I, uh, I can't tell you how many people uh, a year send me photographs from I-70 of either the, the exit or of the advertising out there for the community, which is, uh, Waukini, it's affordable was their slogan for about 10 years. So, uh, so yeah, and it's, you know, I, I, I grew up out there and I may my brother Lewis and I always tell people that uh, we're fifth generation Western Kansas ranchers. And uh, that's the truth. Uh, we had grandfathers and grandparents that pioneered out there, you know, uh, 1870s. And we have a lot of pride in, in Western Kansas. I really, it's one of those places I go to where immediately I feel comfortable and at home and uh, I'm still, you know, I'm still invited back. So I love to go out there and, and visit with a lot of the people there in the community. And uh, it's a special place. Uh, from there, uh, I went to Kansas State uh, and their School of Landscape Architecture. Uh, really had a great five years there in Manhattan. Uh, actually extended it to six. Took a year off and went to Maryland for an internship, uh, for a year-long internship with a company called Land Design Research. And uh, Land Architecture is one of those where uh, my uncle Jack is the name is actually John Galloway. Uh, he's my uh, he's my dad's brother, and he was a he was a is a landscape architect. Went to Kansas State, and some of the professors that I had, he had. So to be honest with you, it was it was kind of challenging uh, to go to school there because Jack he worked for the National Park Service for forty years, and uh, he was you know at ten years old he was one of those guys that I really looked to 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 kind of emulate or try and be like you know he's my dad's brother this is uncle jack and uh so that's what really made me want to get into landscape architecture uh or you know and and so uh came back to kansas state and got recruited uh, actually to a company uh in florida uh it's a uh it's a company called edsa it was founded by a man named ed stone jr uh, in 1960, and it was one of those things where I met him at a, at a national uh, landscape architecture convention. They had this this uh, student design competition, and I uh, entered a, a board. This is pre-internet, pre-digital pre age, so it was a, a 30-inch by 40-inch board that was basically a collage of photographs and, and plans and drawings and writing, and it was just that one board. And I, I won this national design competition and met Mr. Stone on stage. He gave me the award and, and he, he basically told me that uh, he had heard that I was going to go work on, on the East Coast in Maryland for this company, uh, that he was friends with the founders. And he said, you, you don't want to go work for those guys. That That's just boring. You need to come to Fort Lauderdale and come work for me. He goes, I'm going to, we're going to design resorts. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to send you around the world. You're going to get a draw and I'm going to pay you. So, uh, sounds like a good opportunity. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, it really was a great opportunity. And, you know, he, so a couple weeks later in the middle of a uh, Eastern Kansas snowstorm, 
I got a phone call and somebody from EDSA invited me to come down and interview. So I, you know, it was snowing outside and thought, you know, a ticket to Fort Lauderdale for a few days sounded pretty good. So I rolled up every, all my drawings. This is again, pre-digital age, rolled up this huge thing of drawings and went to Fort Lauderdale and sat in this conference room. And immediately when I landed, it was palm trees and cold beers and pretty girls. And uh, I was hooked. Uh, and they knew what they were doing. Uh, so they made, you know, long story short, I spent a few days down there. I interviewed uh, in this room and all these people came through. A lot of the partners and people that were uh, working at the company uh, came through and looked at my drawings and and they made me an offer. And uh, my first job, my first salary was $27,500 a year. And uh, and I held out for twenty eight five. I really felt like that extra thousand bucks was critical. Uh, nice work. Go ahead. Nice work. Good job. Yeah, I spent ten years down there, and they showed me a world that I didn't know existed. Uh, they literally, within about a month of working there, I was in South Africa, never been outside of the country uh, until then. You know, it was just one of those magical things where when you start to travel. Uh, it's just the world kind of opens up to you and you start meeting people and talking to them and realizing that, yeah, things are different and people are all different, but uh, there's much more things in common between us than that's than different. So I was hooked on that and worked there for 10 years and, and just had a, had a great time. I really did. That's awesome. um, How did you yeah. transition to uh, Florida to owning your own business, uh, 40 North? Well, uh, so after 10 years there, uh, Literally, Katie, my beautiful wife, uh, she... Did you meet her in Florida? Well, you know, I met her actually at, at uh, Louise's West in Lawrence one night, uh, like in 99 or 98. I had been out of college. My brother Lou and friends were going to school there. And uh, I, I met her just briefly there. And then uh, maybe it was right right before Y2K. Uh, we went to a dinner. My brothers and I went to a dinner in Denver and I looked at the end of the table and this beautiful uh, girl. I didn't recognize her from previously. And uh, we were married nine months later. Uh, it was one of these things where, you know, I, uh, I actually brought her to Florida. I stole her away from a, a, a really amazing finance job in Denver. And she was just the, the hottest, craziest, smartest girl I could, that I could imagine. And I still feel the same way. It's 21 years now. So, uh, but she came down there and, you know, after she came, the reason why I mentioned her is, uh, we, you know, we had been married five years and she told me she was pregnant. And it, so I literally couldn't sleep that night, woke up at four in the morning, drafted a resignation letter and, and went in at, you know, seven thirty in the morning the next day and handed this to this mentor of mine, Bob Bailing, and, uh, told him that I was out in three months, uh, you know, Labor Day, I was gone. Wow. It only took two months before fired me uh, because I had these really great guys in my studio that were working with me. And it was kind of like Johnny's leaving. I think he was afraid others would go with me. But uh, yeah, so I started my company 17 years ago in uh, August of 2005. And uh, what made you make that decision to uh, to resign when you were having a baby? Most well, people I just, say I need more financial independence. You were like, I want to start my own company. Well, yeah. Well, no, I knew I had nine months. I had nine months to to do what I knew I needed to do. And I looked around at a lot. Most of the older guys in the firm that, you know, guys that were 10 years older than me, uh, not that I didn't have respect for them, um, 
but I, I knew that I was never going to be this career guy at this amazing company that uh, there have been many other uh, talented designers and, and great people come through that company and gone off and started their own companies. So including my boss, uh, Bob, he, you know, the whole 10 years I worked for him, you know, I, I traveled with him all over the world for forever. And, and we had long conversations about how he got to where he was. And I'm a generally inquisitive person. So, you know, one of the things he told me was that he was at EDSA five years and then he left to start his own company back in his home state of Utah. And uh, so I feel like I lasted twice as long as Bob did the first time. Uh, but uh, yeah, so as soon as we, as soon as Bob fired me for being the Pied Piper, uh, I I kind of, you know, I, I had a house in Fort Lauderdale. I, I had, didn't have a company name. I didn't have any employees. I didn't have any clients. Uh, and I just was optimistic. I just was generally just optimistic about the potential because I knew I had been doing it for 10 years for other people. Uh, but you know, I, I thought that it would be, you know, a slam dunk and it wasn't quite that, but, uh, if I might, during that time, it was actually a super challenging time for us as a family. Uh, Katie was diagnosed with cancer, uh, about two months after I quit my job or after Bob let me go and I started 40 North. And, uh, it was really one of those moments where, you know, I, I was partnered with this human who was teaching me like the, like the, the, the power of perseverance and, and, and strength, just like in real time, uh, doctors wanted to, you know, it, it was a, uh, thyroid cancer. And so they wanted to have, they wanted to have uh, surgery immediately. And that was in, you know, November or December. And Katie basically said, we're going to wait until this baby goes full term. And then we're going to, then you guys can wheel me from the, from the, uh, birthing unit over to the cancer wing. While they didn't quite do that, it was only two weeks from giving birth to actually having surgery. And just, you know, I was, by that time, my company was actually taking off. I was spending weeks at a time in the Middle East working. Um, and, uh, and it was, you know, Katie had iodine radioactive therapy, so she couldn't actually hold her baby. And so, yeah, it was, Going through that crucible with her, honestly, uh, has been one of those things in the last 17 years of business that is just, you know, I think about, you know, having a tough day or a presentation doesn't go well or, or whatever. You know, I think back to those times and thinking this is a piece of cake uh, because that was real. That was real uh, difficult times for everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Amazing story. Yeah. To lighten things up here, I do want to, a, a comment has been coming in from Brian. He says John Gallo and Jeff Phillips, two of Kansas City's finest business leaders. If you can see that on the screen. Well, that's from one of my favorite people in Kansas City. So that's kind of him to say that. Yes. It really yeah. is. Uh, Great uh, guy. You know, one of the questions, Jason, not to, uh, you know, you had asked me, I, uh, we had talked about these projects that we work on and I mentioned that I was in the Middle East. That is the, that, that was and still is kind of the case. I think 80% of our work uh, is in, is in, other countries. Um, we've been fortunate to team up with some really uh, kind of amazing designers in Kansas City, uh, guys that own our architectural practices. There's some really talented interior uh, architects, uh, property developers, real estate developers. So our, our local work is picking up, but, but uh, as, as Jeff said in the intro, you know, most of our work's overseas and, and that's just really through kind of word of mouth, uh, I think. Tell us about that, because I think that's interesting. 
how you kind of have gone international. I know that your former company did a lot of work in overseas, but, you know, touch on that and then also touch on where you're located because I understand you're on a, in a rural part of Kansas City, correct? Yeah. Uh, you know, we moved from Florida. Uh, we, we, we bought a farm. Katie was, I drew a circle around the Kansas City airport and I told her, I go, you know, I'm working at crazy person. And, uh, and, and I said, we, you know, we drew the circle. I said, just give me a, like a farm town, like find a Joaquini within that circle around the Kansas City airport, you know, within 30 minutes. I think at first it was like an hour, but then it changed to 30 minutes. And she was all over the place. She was over in Kansas. She was in Lexington. She, you know, we were looking for 40 acres. We were looking for an old house, good school, and kind of within, you know, driving distance of the airport. And uh, she found Weston. And so she found this 40 acre chunk out here. Uh, and we, uh, she had been here a couple of times with my brothers and, uh, had seen the property. And, uh, at that time, this building that we're in now, this milk carton, uh, didn't exist, but, you know, I came out, I looked at it. I was really excited about the, the idea of moving back to closer to home. Uh, this is about as close to Joaquini as I could get at the time, but, uh, but yeah, so she found this place and I met one of these local ranchers who has adjoining property to us. And, you know, he, he was just like this, you know, he's a Western Kansas guy, he's just a farmer and he's still one of my friends and uh, a great guy. And I've gotten to know he and the other neighbors over 15 years, but, you know, I told Katie, I go, you know, the house is okay. The land's great, but these, these ranchers, these farmers are great. So yeah, I'm all in. We, we moved here and, and built this building out here as my kind of first office and kind of headquarters. And, uh, We've got an office in the Livestock Exchange building as well, but we've been out here for 15 years. Uh, uh, moved here about a year and a half or almost two years after I started the company, and uh, we love it out here. It's really kind of don't really have any neighbors, and uh, it's really just kind of beautiful being connected to nature, and uh, it's a real privilege. That's um, been great. Uh, about the work. Uh, yeah, tell know, us a little bit about your company. Well, you know, we uh, – we are a landscape architecture and hospitality design company. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's tough. You know, it's a lot of the work we do is uh, working with hotels or with property developers who, who have hotel operators uh, that, uh, that run their properties. Um, we've been really fortunate to work with some of the, the best luxury hospitality people in the world. Uh, we've done hotels for uh, four seasons uh, Manor and Oriental, one and only resorts, uh, Atlantis, uh, the brand Atlantis, uh, the big resorts, which is actually uh, a, a, a company, a resort company that we started working or that I started working for in 1996 at EDSA. But, you know, it's amazing. You work with these hotel developers, and these property developers, and everybody has their own way of doing things. And, uh, you know, for the first 10 years of my career, I felt like I was getting a PhD in hotel design uh, because I would go to these meetings where you'd have all these incredible um, uh, to solve very complex problems. Uh, and as a guy who really never went anywhere outside, you know, I thought the Holodome and Hayes was a resort growing up, you know, that was fancy. <laughs> and so I really didn't know what a hotel was. I really didn't have any experience designing resorts or hotels. And so that's all come through experience, but, you know, uh, got a chance to work for this uh, iconic guy named Saul Kersner, uh, for 10 years or 15 years. He's since passed, but he started the one and only resort hotel brand. He started Atlantis before that he, 
was this kind of a casino and resort developer in, from South Africa. It was just kind of this legendary gaming personality. And, you know, for 10 years uh, or 15 before he passed, you know, I had a front seat at the table with a lot of other people who got to not only present ideas to him, but more importantly, learn from a guy like that. Uh, I remember, you know, I was 25 years old on a job site in the Bahamas. And uh, this guy at the time, I think Saul was like 58. And he was out there like a pharaoh on this job site, pointing at people and ordering people around. And he was the guy who was, he was the top of the pyramid. And he had so much energy. Uh, I just remember just going, man, I need to pick up my game. Because if this guy's out here 60 years old and just lapping everybody, uh, you know, <laughs> I need to pick up my game. And, and uh, so that was a real, real privilege to get to learn from him. Um, about the work, you know, I, like I said, 80% of our work's uh, overseas. Right now we've got about 20, maybe 22 projects on the boards, um, maybe half a dozen in Kansas City, Springfield, Bentonville. And then the rest are, you know, we're designing resorts in, uh, in, uh, in Dubai, a couple of big projects uh, we're designing or uh, hotels under construction that we designed in Tunisia, uh, on the Mediterranean coast there in Tunisia and North Africa. Um, project in Egypt, uh, working on a, a Mandarin Oriental in um, Grand Cayman. Uh, you know, it, it's it's fun. It's interesting. It keeps things kind of lively. Uh, you know, working on so many different things at one time, uh, and and kind of doing different types of things. You know, in one minute we'll be, you know, trying to conceptualize uh, from a very high level uh, concept master plan for a a billion dollar development and then you know uh, you know next hour working with a local uh contractor or or uh or client on a specific detail for their house uh or or something you know so it's fun to kind of dip your hands in lots of different things um yeah you know I mean, you you are the first person i met in in kansas city that's doing 80 percent international like i mean well, you know, when I moved, yeah, when I moved to Kansas City uh, or the Kansas City area 15 years ago, I, I mean, I have, I've got friends and family in town. Uh, it's one of the primary reasons why we moved back here. Um, but really, it took a few years for us to, I think, get our real first project. And, and we don't market. We don't really go out and seek projects. We don't uh, enter into local RFPs, really. It's mostly uh, word of mouth. And, you know, architects we've worked with who, you know, we've had, uh, we've created some some really great uh, places with who kind of reach out uh, when they have a project that they think would be a good fit. Um, uh, so I guess that's actually one of the, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about, John. It feels like I'm not an architect, I'm a big fan, but it feels like people have um, changed or evolved their design to where incorporate the outside as part of the experience or um, an expectation that they're actually going to the the residents are going to spend a lot of time outside and so has there been an evolution in how the landscape design has interacted with the architects on projects uh, well that's a low question i mean a little bit i mean city architects are a very particular breed of architect and that's a, that's a discussion for another time uh but i will say that yeah i mean Think about the, the world we live in uh, now where it's this Instagram, you know, moment where everybody is, you know, stylizing and kind of creating these these uh, experiences that are, like you said, they're these indoor, outdoor experiences. And people who, you know, 
20 years ago, 10 years ago, you, you know, if you really wanted to look at uh, great examples of work within your profession, you had to go to the library or to uh, Barnes and Noble or Borders and get a magazine of, you know, hotel design or something. And now, you know, there's so many different platforms and so many people sharing ideas and sharing information, stealing ideas and stealing information. Uh, you know, there's so much of that. There's so much cross-pollination between architecture and interior design and landscape design that, you know, I think it's a, it's, a, it's probably a challenge for these universities, you know, to try and keep people within uh, this lane, you know. Um, you know, for the last 50 years, I read this book a few years ago where I think it was called Shop Class for Soulcraft was the name of it. And it was really about uh, how for the last 50 years, we've all been kind of programmed, go to college, white collar job. And, you know, you, you've got to got to learn computers. You got to sit at a desk and do all right. these different things. And, and you have to kind of specialize and be this thing when I think that we're actually getting back and trying to, you know, I've always tried to embrace that pioneer spirit where, you know, I don't really like to be boxed in and say, you know, you're this or that. I think that if you look back at our great grandparents and our great, great grandparents, people who actually homesteaded Kansas and, and Oklahoma uh, and Missouri, you know, I think they, they were able to do so many things. They might've specialized in one thing that was the thing they did to make money primarily, but they were always working. They always had side hustles. They, you know, you weren't just a blacksmith. You were also a rancher and a farmer and a, you know, a poultry expert and a, you know, they had all these different uh, things. So I like to, I like to do lots of different things. And I think that uh, thankfully we're kind of getting back towards that where yeah. you, know, you can, just because you're a landscape designer or a landscape architect doesn't mean that, you, you know, you don't have ideas about architecture or hospitality or architect. You know, I, I think a lot of architects, there are some architects in Kansas City who are better landscape designers than landscape architects that I know. I think that's cool. And I think that's great. And I, I think the more we can break all of those barriers down, I think, uh, and, you know, the, the labeling of everything, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I really do. John Galloway, 40 North uh, website is 40northdesign.com. Talk about like the international projects and you know, you said you, you said there's mostly referrals, right? So, do you go to trade shows? Like, oh, hell, no. I would. You, how did, you, did you used to go to no, those? Never, <laughs> never, 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 never. I can never. see you at a booth, man. That just national, looks, that's your style. So, so Four Seasons in uh, Bahamas says John Galloway, Forty North did a great job. They tell their friends in Tunisia, like, how does that happen? Where they're referring you to these other countries and other hotels well, and other. I think it's more like, uh, you know, I think that, I mean, think about this process, this design process where you're, you're getting to work with really smart, passionate people, creating beautiful places for people. And, and, and I've always taken the position, it's supposed to be fun. It really is supposed to be fun. And it is fun. And it's fun to solve problems. And I think that, uh, you know, part of the part of the joy for me uh, is the boxing match between consultants and the owner and the developer and the money people. And and I just like the process of, of creating and, and solving these problems for people. Um, I said earlier that I, I had a chance to work, uh, you know, at EDSA and really learn, kind of learn the trade. But, uh, you know, a lot of it is, you know, getting out there and, and doing the travel. And, you know, in 2001, uh, I was invited uh, to be a part of a team, a U.S. aid team, which was the United States uh, uh, 
Agency for International Development. And we got to work on a US aid project in Morocco. And I think my boss was looking for somebody to go to Morocco for two weeks and kind of rough it a little bit and be a part of this uh, project. And so I kind of, you know, I'm somewhere dangerous, kind of out of the way. I would definitely love to go do that. And when I went and did that, I was just, that was my first Middle East trip. That was in April of 2001 before 9-11. And I just fell in love. I fell in love with, with all of it, the, the people, the culture, the, the food, the, the, the extreme weather, uh, which really reminded me of Western Kansas. Uh, I, I just loved it uh, and, and was hooked. And so from 2001 on, I really made the, the Middle East kind of my priority and kind of my uh, sphere of influence, if you will. Um, and I, it's been fantastic. Wow. That's amazing. And um, so today with communications, with Zoom, with uh, the things that you have to do, are, do you travel a lot less than you used to? Yeah, thankfully uh, I do. Uh, and, and it's not only, it's a combination of factors. I think the technology is part of it. And, you know, obviously because of COVID and everybody being so disconnected, uh, physically, uh, it was, it required all these new platforms to connect everybody digitally or, or however you want to call it. But also I think that's part of it. I think part of it is as I get older and realize that, uh, the guys, uh, the people that work for me need to grow as designers and as human beings. So I really, if there's an opportunity for the, for the younger people in my company to go and travel and do that and make some mistakes and learn from that, then I'm all for that. I think that's great. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, you know, as I get older, I just turned 50, I'm starting to wear like compression socks on these planes now. And, and I don't, and, and it's, it's harder to travel now than it ever was, you know, it used to be this kind of easy breezy thing with, you know, business lounges and, you know, uh, cheap street food and, and maybe there's still that, but it's def tra travels definitely changed, um, for sure. Um, yeah, you're going far, far away too. Yeah, you know, I think I've probably been in Dubai anywhere uh, more than anywhere as far as outside of where I am. Um, you know, I started working there in 2001 and I think I've probably made my carbon footprint uh, is ridiculous because I think it's maybe 110 round trips to Dubai over the last uh, 21, 22 years. Um, it used to be half a dozen or nine times a year, maybe 10. And I kind of cut that back to three, three or four. Uh, and I try and do two when I'm there, it's, you know, Dubai is this, uh, and it, Dubai is not my favorite place, but I just know it probably better than most, uh, places. Um, it's one of those places where there's a, there's a palpable buzz in that town where it, it's, it, it's a living organism. It doesn't stop growing. It really, it, it's, it's an incredible place. It's really all about business. You know, I think, you know, here in the States, we see all this, uh, glitz and glamour and the, the show and the Burj Khalifa, the tallest tower and, the show, the Real Housewives of Dubai, and all of that stuff, but it's really a, it's really an amazing place, uh, and you know, it's a place that you know I go back every three months for work, and it's changed. It really is physically changed, um, and we've got two projects under construction there. So, uh, you know, one of them is a project that we pitched in August of 2014. Um, I on some of these big projects, uh, I, I collaborate with a with one of my best friends in Kansas city, his name is Sean Sims. Uh, he runs a, a landscape architecture company, SKS studio. And Sean and I have been friends since he was 18 and I was 19. And, uh, we, what's great is we, we both kind of left EDSA at the same time, started 
new companies, and uh, and and now we have the opportunity of kind of controlling our own world. But you know, it's it's really fun to kind of work with him sometimes, uh, and because our our skill sets are complementary, and he's been a big part of the the, the work in Dubai over the last uh, over the last seven eight years too. So it's been great. Mm-hmm. So John, not only has the um, ability to do remote stuff impacted how you work with clients, but can you talk about what that's meant for your um, staff and how you guys work together? I would think that would be hard as creatives to kind of collaborate virtually. You know, it's not uh, because I've been having to 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 work on projects eight nine thousand miles away since day one. So you know, so. If I could, if I could communicate ideas to people on the other side of the world using, uh, you know, Federal Express sending actual drawings across the world or fax machines or, you know, all of that, uh, then certainly with all these platforms, it it, it should be easier. Um, you know, there are so many amazing uh, software platforms now to allow uh, not only designers and creatives to collaborate online through through the cloud, but also, uh, you know, unfortunately contractors and uh, quantity surveyors and cost estimators where we're all working on a project in real time on a, on a, on a model, you know, on a Revit model uh, that changes in real time as people all around the world uh, work. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually incredible to kind of look back on 25 years and see how things have changed so much. Um, like I said, most of our projects are eight, nine, 10 hours ahead of us. Um, so we have early morning uh, and late night Zoom calls. Uh, I was, I've been on three Zooms already today. We had one that started at seven, one at 8.30. Both of them were with clients uh, in Dubai and uh, Saudi Arabia. And they, you know, and then there were uh, operators in London, operators in Hong Kong, uh, architects in London, New York. And, and uh, you know, it's just, it. It's incredible. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering what the next iteration of it's going to be. I'm assuming that at some point um, I'll be able to put on just a pair of VR headphones or iPhones or whatever and, and do that. But for now, I'm an analog guy. I like to use pencils and pens and, uh, you know, paper. And uh, well, John, what's the reaction like when you when you jump on from uh, northern Kansas City? You know what? Uh, I, I, there's there's. You know, you're mentioning very cosmopolitan big cities there, Hong Kong. You know, there's I'll be honest with you. There's not a lot of chit chat. Uh, It's it's pretty much let's let's get to it. Um, But to be honest with you, I've worked with most of these people before. They they know the story. We've we've gone out. We've had the drinks. We've told the stories. You know, I you know, we live on this acreage with cattle and it's kind of like this idyllic. You know, I can tell a story. I mean, I can definitely sell the 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 vibe out here. But um but yeah, I mean, I think it. I don't think it's anything. I think, you know, Kansas City and rural America, these second cities are. I think we're going to see a, a, a real resurgence, uh, and we already have the last five, ten years. But like Kansas City, up until you know this uh, this World Cup quarterfinal match, uh, that's going to be incredible. I, I see tremendous growth in Kansas City and potential, and uh, you can just just drive it around. You can you can kind of feel it. So I think people. Kansas City people get on these calls with all these people in Dubai and London, and it's it's just like anywhere else, you know. Uh, I had a client one time, and we were in a meeting, and I was pres- I was pitching a really big idea, 
to a lot of people, a lot of important people and the client who's a, an Emirati uh, CEO guy, he, he said in front of 200 people that he kind of did what Jeff did, kind of teed it up. And was like, you know, John is this guy who, you know, you see the work and it, it feels like it's, 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 uh, it's done by a, a team of 40 people in New York city. In real reality, it's, it's John and a handful of guys uh, working out of some farm in the middle of nowhere. And, <laughs> and I love that. I love that because, uh, you know, out here, I'm looking at it out to the East right now. It's where I feel most creative. Um, you know, I think there's, uh, it's, it's a place where I know that if I've got, you know, or like I said, early morning zoom calls or an, a sudden moment of inspiration hits me, you know, I can go out here, turn, you know, turn everything on and, and be, be working within uh, within a minute or two of being in the farmhouse. So yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. It is great. Talk about the importance of um, of nature, of outdoors, of connecting people to their environments and your your development projects you work on, landscaping. Um, why is that so important nowadays? Well, I mean, because look at this. What we're doing right now, we're sitting here, all three of us, in indoors, windows closed, looking at screens, and and I think that uh, obviously the last two years have changed the way people work, uh, not just in Kansas City but everywhere. And I think you know one of our core values from day one has been to try and connect people to nature. Uh, my daughter Mimi a couple of years ago said to me, she goes, "Dad, you know what I love about you is that you come from this place, Trigo County, Kansas." Uh, you come from this place with no trees, and yet you work on all these projects where where uh, where trees are such a big part of your job. And I I thought that was interesting, but to, yeah, important to connect people to nature. You know, I think important. That's what uh, that's why we raise these girls out here on this farm to to get out and kind of be in space a little bit uh, and kind of be out in the wild and uh, try and recreate that wilderness. You know, I think it's kind of a it's kind of a, a oxymoron a little bit you know uh some of those spaces that we create for people these luxury hospitality environments are these really tightly manicured perfectly detailed uh formal modern uh experiences and my favorite resort is out in western kansas out in a pasture uh with you know little blue stem grass and wind coming about 30 miles an hour at my face uh, and so I think that what we try and do is kind of bring a little bit of that wildness or that wilderness, kind of bring it to, uh, to these projects. So, uh, I don't know. You mentioned two different kinds of places, right? I mean, you're talking about the four seasons and all these Atlantis and then Western Kansas. Well, you know, but I, I have to be honest with you. I, I, I there have been times in the middle East, uh, specifically Egypt, rural Egypt, uh, where I've, I've, I've been there a lot and worked there a lot. And there's, it's an amazing culture people, landscape. Uh, but you know, it's, it's one of these things where, uh, in 2018, I was living there working on a project and I was, we were with these nursery guys and looking at these minarets, right. The, the towers that are at each mosque and, you know, in the pre-dawn and dawn hours, I really felt like I was in Western Kansas with the white crane elevators, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Saarinen, the architect was the guy who, who said that the, the those white uh, concrete grain elevators spaced every 10 miles in Western Kansas were the cathedrals of the plains. And I really feel, uh, I feel like uh, he was dead on about that, but I really felt, I felt like, uh, you know, you've got, uh, there's just some similarities between where I grew up and people in Western Kansas and people in uh, these rural parts of, of the Middle East, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's just a, you know, I think part of it is uh, the weather, you know, it's got these extreme weather things that, 
kind of, uh, I don't want to say beat down their emotions, but they definitely change your, your, your outlook on things. It's just, uh, as this kind of constant thing you're having to deal with. Um, but, but also, like I said earlier, you know, people, they, they may seem on the surface that these places are so different. I mean, my dad thought that when I was going to the Middle East, it was, you know, bombed out cars and, you know, these, these really angry, uh, people and all these things. And, and, you know, I think part of that's the media, uh, in 21, 20 years of travel over there, I've never had any experiences that I would categorize as, uh, unpleasant or dangerous. Um, and what I realized is that, like I said, they may appear, uh, geographically different, but I think, uh, people want the same thing. You know, they want, they want, uh, you know, fresh food, they want clean water. They want their kids to go and learn a few things. You know, they want uh, kindness and happiness. And uh, so there's there's similarities there. And, uh, I really like uh, experiencing both cultures to try and kind of, I don't know, bridge it a little bit, be a cultural ambassador of sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, Definitely. Uh, yeah. Where's one place you haven't worked that you want to work or do a project in? Uh, one place that, I, you know, I would, uh, there's some places in northern Canada up in like uh, like Nova Scotia and some of the, the barrier islands up there in the Northeast where there's a couple of architects that I admire. And, uh, and there's a guy named Todd Saunders who's done some projects up there and, and some other architects from that part of the country. I just feel like that is a place it's, it's, it's kind of extreme, you know, it's not so much about trees and, and lush luxury. It's more about uh, trying to create a human space within an inhospitable, an inhospitable environment, you know, trying to carve out a little bit of humanity in, in a place that the weather is really kind of beating you down a little bit sometimes. And that may be a weird answer, but I, I, I'd like to try that out. Uh, uh, you know, I, somebody asked me a couple of years ago where the same question, and I'm, I don't know if I had had a few cocktails, but I said, Mars, you know, I would love to go try and do something. <laughs> like Mars. I think that that would be, would be fun and, and certainly a challenge, but uh, I don't know. Well, Matt Damon was successful in growing potatoes, so yeah, right. Something would grow out there. Yeah. Poor guy from Boston. If he can do it, I mean, yeah. it's a big deal, right? Hey, John. Maybe this isn't. You know, you always hear uh, business challenges of how do I get my business to scale, and maybe that's not an issue that you face. But I'm specifically interested whenever um, you talk about creatives, because it's like the thing that makes that company valuable is the ideas rolling around in your head. Right. How do you, how do you scale? How do you build a business around an individual or a creative? Well, you know, I guess. That's a great question, Jeff. It is a good question. Uh, right. And, and I'll, I can only speak from my own personal point of view. Right. Uh, I had, I, and I, I would, I would say it's, it's this, uh, you know, when I was a kid, when I was six years old, I got to see uh, Christo's, uh, wrapped walkways project at Loose Park, where he covered the whole park, all the walkways in this saffron colored fabric, right? And so, you know, as a kid, you see that and it just like, you know, you, you, I had so many questions uh, and I still do. Uh, and then over over my uh, 50 years of life, I was able to see two more of his projects when I got to see them. The, and this isn't directly what you asked, but it, it's how I'm going to answer it. Uh, I got to see this other uh, floating Mastaba project at Hyde Park. And then just this last in 21, October, uh, some friends and Katie and I, we all went and saw the wrapped uh, Arc de Triomphe in Paris. And it's one of these things where this one guy and his, and, and his wife, 
Jean-Claude. So Christo and Jean-Claude, they were able to manifest ideas that they had through discussions between themselves and nobody else. And the, through, the, through, the, uh, through art, through drawing, and through sheer will, uh, they, over a 60-year career, were able to conceptualize ideas that really had no use in the world, but they could conceptualize them. And then they would, uh, through their own efforts and a lot of other efforts of other people, but they would self-finance and actually get these projects built just for the, just for the power of art. Just to just to create something that would exist only for a short amount of time, and then and then be gone forever, and only evidence through drawings and photographs. And so, I guess I way I'd answer your question, Jeff, is that anything is possible. Uh, I, one of the questions you had asked earlier, Jason, in in the email, the prep email, was, "What's a word that describes you?" And you know, I thought about that. I've never thought about that, but I really, I think. Uh, idealist, to be an idealist. That is the word that I would strive to try and uh, to try and emulate uh, because it's not so much about uh, ideas or principles over practicality, but it's more about uh, an optimism about uh, that anything is possible. And I really believe that. Um, I, you know, I, I think more improbable things than, that have, have happened than some, some kid from Western Kansas being a semi-successful, uh, you know, landscape designer or whatever. Um, I think it's more about having a passion for, for life. Um, I've actually been through a couple of things in my life where I've almost died. Literally. I had a, a heart condition, you know, when I was 28 uh, that I got while, while traveling and, you know, uh, I think getting, going through that, uh, is stuff that just gets me up in the morning, you know, um, mm -hmm. Jeff, you mentioned earlier the love of family, right? Family is everything to me, and not only my kids and my wife and my immediate family, brothers and and their kids, but uh, you know, I mean, people that I've never met, you know, great great grandfathers and grandmothers that still inspire me in in the work that I do. You know, um, John, how could how 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 did you have to scale to accomplish all these clients? Because um, could you have done this on your own, or did you have well, to build a team? Well. I mean, that's a loaded question, you know? I mean, for, yeah. I, I don't think I had employees for the first three years. Yeah. And I had a guy and then I had two guys and then I was back down to no guys in 2011, you know? So it's been, you know, it's the thing about it is unless you started a company, you have no idea what you're in for. Uh, it is a pride swallowing siege. Uh, and, you know, of course, uh, I've been lucky enough to have really great uh, mentors, great clients. Uh, I, I have... Uh, uh, three guys that work for me in Kansas City that are probably the three of the most talented, hardworking guys that I've had in my 17-year uh, company existence. And so, of course, uh, we're able to, you know, they, they have skill sets that I don't have. Um, they, and, and I think, you know, one of the guys has been with me for, I think, eight years going on nine now and through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of projects and, He's been working on, you know, primarily one project for his entire career out of K-State. And I think that's incredible. So, uh, you know, it's it's the new it's called the, the Royal Atlantis in in, uh, in Dubai. And it's the it's the largest, most expensive hotel about to open on the planet right now. And uh, Sean Sims from SKS and ourselves and literally thousands of other people have been working and toiling to to get this thing open uh, through COVID and everything. So. You know, it does take a lot of people, uh, a lot of encouragement from family, 
and friends, you know, Fred Colson's a buddy of mine who, when I, when Katie told me she was pregnant and I really needed to, I really needed to fulfill this itch of starting my own thing, uh, but was scared about jumping into the waters. You know, Fred was this guy who just said, Johnny, just do it. You know, just, you know, you, you can't, you, you, there's no other choice. You've got to do it. And, uh, and he was right. And, uh, after 17 years of, of being my own boss, uh, or at least, uh, <laughs> at least I think on the boss, um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, and you, and you emphasize having fun, which I think is important and being creative and independent and honest and profitable are, are kind of your mantras of your business. Yeah. Look, you have to have fun. I mean, look, we have one shot at this thing. That is it. Uh, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different belief systems, but you know, after, uh, after kind of going through my health scares and, and seeing these three beautiful daughters of mine grow up and be their own human beings, uh, and, and have, you know, confidence and, uh, their own creative, uh, spirits within inside of them. Yeah. I think you have to have fun. I think you've got to be honest. I'm honest to a fault. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of projects that we don't get just because, uh, you know, sometimes uh, things get a little uh, sideways, you know, sometimes these projects, you know, there are, you know, once every couple of months, there's an issue where we, we have a Zoom with an architect or somebody and, you know, when people believe in what they're doing, you know, uh, personalities can clash. So, but yeah. it's, it's kind of stay true to yourself, though, I believe. You said you have about 22 active projects right now? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, we almost wow. we were almost twenty one. Almost got fired last week on a local project. So uh, it's hard when the local project <laughs> of the house is like competing with the Royal Atlantis in Dubai. You know what? It's a, it's a <laughs> it's a pleasure because the people here are so much nicer and not so much the people in that part of the world. But you know, when you're dealing with uh, hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, uh, suddenly the the people in the room get a lot more serious and they have a lot. Uh, firmer positions on where they need to be. And uh, sometimes that's hard uh, and they don't care uh, if, you know, if you've got sick staff or can't staff it or, or they move the deadline up or anything. And, and I think that, you know, working locally in Kansas city allows us also to see, to see the work uh, get built. You know, I, I don't, I can't think of many projects in 20, uh, I guess I've been doing this 25 years. I can't think of many projects where I've gone back to and looked around and, you know, swam in a pool or, or basked in the glory of being the guy that could think of this stuff. Cause that's not really why I'm here. I'm here to solve problems. Uh, you know, we don't submit projects for awards or any of that sort of stuff because none of that stuff matters. It really is about the work. It really is about getting some ideas built. And at the end of the day, uh, getting better as a human being and as a designer, I think those are like core values. As we close Jeff, um, cause we, have, we could talk for hours with John. I know he's a busy man. Um, we, uh, what, 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 what are things you'd like to see more of in Kansas City moving forward as we continue to grow as a city? As someone who's, who's traveled essentially all around the world and has seen so many different cultures, what can we be doing um, to improve our city and the beauty of it, and you know, and, and continue to move it forward? Well, I think, uh, I think first and foremost, Kansas City is already a great a great city. And, and it's, you know, it's been, when we first moved here, uh, I, we moved to Weston cause I really wanted to keep, uh, Kansas city at like arm's length a little bit, not only, uh, just the city and, you know, everybody kind of had their established whatever, but also to kind of just be a little bit different, but you know, it's, what's amazing is I, I think about this, uh, this world cup match coming up, you know, the chiefs, as much as I hate to say it are such an amazing, 
uh, football team. I'm a Broncos fan. Let's ride. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think Kansas City has, has such a vibrant art community, a vibrant food community. I think that uh, I feel like things uh, are becoming more and more inclusive of all types of people, which I love to see. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think that uh, I think that Kansas City has has a you know it's a great city in its own right now. But it's only where's the, where's the first place you take someone, John, if they come from overseas to Kansas City to meet with you? Uh, you know where I go to? <laughs> I probably go to the ship. And <laughs> I probably have a Paloma at the ship because that place is one of those out of out-of-body experiences where it's the last thing you expect to find in a warehouse in the West Bottoms. Um, but, you know, I think that place is great. Kansas City is great. And, uh, you know, it got it got put on really great footing 100 years ago with guys like Kessler and, you know, these visionary landscape architects who, who kind of, you know, they laid out the Paseo and, and Ward Parkway and created these amazing parks like uh, like Loose Park and, and, uh, and, it's, and Swope. And, you know, I, what's cool is I, I, I'm actually spending more and more time in the Hyde Park neighborhood and I'm just, I, I love it. I, I kind of like being in the, in Midtown. I like, you know, there's so much activity on Troost and, and small, you know, mom and pop places and places that are kind of popping up that I didn't know existed. And so, you know, my earlier, you know, standoffish days are kind of changing. And as my girls go to high school in KC, we're embracing KC and, and I'm really kind of enjoying meeting new people and doing this stuff. So it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Jeff, do you have anything to add as we close? I have so many more questions I could ask John, but uh, we'll have to have a drink or something at some point at the shift. to go. Oh, I thought there. we were going to do like a part two. This is like a series deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. We'll do that when you're in one of your, oh, your ask anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A ten episode Netflix series right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Triple J I, show, Jason, Jeff, and John. I like it. I like I it. Love it, I like John. It. You have a lot of things to say. Oh no, John Galloway, Forty North. The website is fortynorthdesign.com. Amazing website with you know hundreds of different projects from residential to resorts to hotels to corporate. Um, you've worked on all kinds of different things all throughout the world. It's pretty fascinating to talk to you about your travels and what you've learned if real briefly before we, before we sign off today, give us some of your, um, your best advice for business owners uh, or those who um, some of the things you've learned, just the handful of things you want to share before we sign off today on best advice um, that has helped you in your business. You know, I think part of it is just being yourself to be honest with you and, and, and asking for help when you don't have the answers. Um, you know, I, Jeff has been a really great resource to me not, you know, in some ways in personal finances and stuff, but he's just one of those guys who is like, I, I feel like I can trust what he's saying. And I know he's going to tell me the truth and it may not be what I want to hear, uh, but it's what I need to hear. And, uh, and I luckily I've got a few people in Kansas city, most of all, my wife, Katie, who's really, uh, uh, an amazing sounding board, but, uh, I'm, I've got some really, and my kids, I have to say that these are my three favorite people on the planet. And, uh, and I, I, I ask my girls very adult questions and, and, and really want their honest opinion because they are the future and they, they are definitely more connected into pop culture, you know, than I am. But, you know, I think asking for help, uh, asking, asking questions, um, you know, I think, uh, being yourself, you know, I think the, the work that we do stems from, uh, a lot of it is, like I said earlier, is trying to create that wilderness, trying to create that little bit of little bit of a uh, little bit of wild into everything as far as 
things being a little bit untamed. And I think that comes from me being from Western Kansas. Um, but I think, you know, we try and these projects we work on, we really are trying to solve the problems that the client has and try and be pragmatic in our approach to materiality and ideas. And we're not trying to create something that's, uh, you know, we can get an award and, and talk about it on Instagram. It's really, you know, how can we solve your problems? And mm -hmm. that works out pretty good. So. Well, John, thanks for coming on the show today. Jeff, as always, banklandmark.com is his website, Landmark National Bank. Thank you for connecting us to John Galloway and 40 North. Um, we'll have to do it again in one of our, our series here, guys, but I appreciate your time today, and I appreciate all those who have joined us today on the live stream, on YouTube, or on my social media, or, as, uh, of course, on Apple Podcasts and on our podcast networks. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Grill Nation show. We will see you again soon. Take care. Thanks, Jason. Jeff. Cheers, man. Thank Thanks, you. Bye, guys.